As is the custom for most musicians I know, we ate a light dinner. The digestive process is just too complex and demanding to have to worry about while you're performing. At seven o'clock, Violetta and I left Lenny's private table to head for the dressing room to change into the clothes we'd brought with us. Break a leg, kids, Lenny said as we rose to leave the table. As soon as those words were out of his mouth, he gasped in disbelief that he could have been so insensitive. Violetta saved him from himself, turning to answer him with the warmest of smiles. I already did, Lenny. Remember? Lenny blew her a kiss as we turned and left the table together, me following closely behind her. Once in the dressing room, we both changed clothes without saying a word to each other feeling the need to channel our creative thoughts individually in our own way. I took out my sacks and repeated my pre-concert habit of running through some scales to warm up, while Violetta sat on the other side of the room, humming distractedly to herself. The minutes passed quickly. There was a loud knock on the door, followed by a disembodied voice. Five minutes to showtime, Violetta! I stopped my exercises, thinking she might need some time to be alone to focus her inner energies on the performance that was only minutes away. I quietly walked over to her, kissed her on the cheek, and left the dressing room without need of saying a word, taking my place in the wings. Standing there, waiting, feeling the room breathe from its most secret and hidden corner in those few short minutes before the performance was about to begin, something started gnawing away at my insides. My thoughts carried me away to Trumpet Man's warning of a mission that I had apparently been assigned to complete. By whom and for what reason, I had no clue. My mind was reeling from everything I had experienced during the past week. No, not just the past week, but all the years leading up to the past week as well. All that had happened and all that was about to happen I recalled something Violetta had asked me only this morning. Do you know what it means when someone says, it's on the tip of my tongue? It feels like that. You can't quite reach it, but you know it's there, just on the other side of comprehension. The more I grasped for an answer, the farther it receded into the background. So I put it out of my mind, hoping realization would come in the middle of the night while I slept. 7.30, showtime, and no Violetta. 7.35, 7.40, still no Violetta. I paced around in a tight circle where I waited, wondering where she could be. I couldn't catch my breath, wildly concocting plausible explanations for her absence. I was about to sprint to the dressing room to find out what possibly could be delaying her when she limped onto the stage at 7.45 to the welcoming applause of people who, I could tell, obviously already loved her. Frankly, given the inner turmoil I had put myself through for the past 20 minutes, I would have been much more comfortable joining her on stage from the outset, finding it more nerve-wracking standing off stage watching and wondering, but this was her show after all, not mine. I held my sacks close, somehow thinking that my body warmth would encourage warm musical tones when my turn came by osmosis or something like that. The house lights dimmed enough to let everyone know the performance was about to begin, 
but still enough time for people who wanted to get one final drink at the cash bar at the back of the room without tripping over themselves or each other. Yet no chairs were left empty on this evening. No, Violetta was too strong a magnet, drawing all attention to herself on stage without even trying, and I'm sure without realizing she was even doing it. I gazed around the room, noticing the faces of the people raptly anticipating her musical magic. I guessed that most of them knew Violetta personally and had heard her perform here before. Then it hit me like a ton of bricks. They must also remember her parents and had watched her growing up, performing here for the first time as a teenager. The more I thought about it, the more I suspected they had even heard her last performance with her parents on this very stage. For the Ellicott Room was indeed where that concert had taken place, its stifling history hanging in the air around me. Yes, these people were totally aware of the tragedy she had already endured in her young life. Fialetta took the required time to seat herself at stage front before beginning her performance, once again mouthing words to herself that no one else could possibly hear or hope to understand. Her audience hushed as she placed the cane on the floor behind her stool, then made sure her guitar was perfectly in tune. At that moment, the house lights were lowered to candlelight, the stage lights were raised to full brightness, and Violetta began her performance without a word of introduction. It could have been my imagination, but by about the second or third song, I sensed that she was, oh, I don't know, distracted. Not to the point where anyone in the audience would ever notice, but I couldn't help but wonder why she seemed only on the edge of focus as if something more important was on her mind. It showed itself in little ways, like her eyes darting in the surprised moment of a forgotten lyric, or her fingers refusing to move in complete sync with her musical thoughts. She seemed to be fighting with herself to maintain her composure, her marvelous musicianship barely managing to win out in the end at the expense of her stamina. Violetta's dilemma couldn't help but add a frightening sense of fragility to my own already frayed nerves. There could be nothing worse than to have to stand alone in the dark, so near yet so far, wanting nothing more than to rescue her from whatever was closing in on her so oppressively. Through it all, she kept glancing over to where I was now standing, though I'm sure she couldn't see me given the contrast of the bright spotlights on stage to the suffocating darkness offstage. For what it was worth, I concentrated on her music as strongly as I could, hoping my own thoughts would somehow help her conquer whatever unseen demons were torturing her soul and undoubtedly testing her resolve. Those 30 minutes seemed like 30 hours, and by the time Violetta turned her head towards me one last time to make sure I hadn't run away, I felt emotionally drained physically spent, but surely only a fraction of what she must have been feeling. Perhaps that explains why at that moment in time, something inside of me seemed to kick in, demanding my creative inner self be at its strongest for Violetta's sake. This would be my time in the spotlight, not to steal it from her, but to rescue her from it. Where she was weak, I would be strong. 
Where she had doubts, I would be confident. Where she stumbled, I would fly. Where she was fearful, I would be bold. I stepped forward far enough to the edge of the stage that she alone could see me, willing her to take power from my unspent reserves. When she saw me, even at this distance I could see her eyes welling up with tears and her expression seemed to say, Thank God you didn't run away, Woody. I need you. It was as if you could see the dark clouds of uncertainty evaporating from her place beneath the bright lights. She exhaled loudly and her demeanor took on the same resolute look that I remembered from our conversation about the trauma of losing her parents in that irrevocable drunken instant. Now, as then, she smiled, once again as if indicating that the hard part was over and it was time to regain control of her emotions. With that, she took the microphone in hand and began to speak to her audience not merely as a musical artist addressing paying customers, but as a person confiding her innermost feelings and insecurities to her closest friends.